Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Bishop Thomas Daly, the ordinary of the Diocese of Spokane, is here to speak about a very important uh, bill that is making its way through the legislature of the state of Washington. So we're going to start with an interview with Bishop Daly, and we're going to hear a call to take action. And I hope that you'll take in this interview and take some action in a minute. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. Let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord our God, we thank you and praise you for all of the ways that you love us, the way that you ask us to join you out into the desert that special gift and grace of Lent that you have for us. Lord, I ask that you give us the grace to have our eyes wide open regarding our call to enter into the public square, to take action, Lord, in accord with the, the call that is ours as laity. And, and Lord, I just pray that we would stand up for the grace of the, the sacred functions that uh, are part of how you meet us in the sacraments, especially in confession. And so, Lord, I ask a blessing upon that in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Well, I kind of just gave it away in the prayer there, what Bishop Daly is going to talk about today. So let's go right to the interview with Bishop Thomas Daly, and then I'll be back after. Well, I want to welcome to the program Bishop Thomas Daly. Bishop Daly is the ordinary here in the Diocese of Spokane. Bishop, first of all, happy Lent, and welcome to the program. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, thank you so much for being willing to come on. I really appreciate it. Um, sure. You made a very sort of quick, uh, quick uh, request of you, and and so grateful that you were willing to respond uh, quickly to us to help get the word out about Senate Bill sixty two ninety eight. It's something that uh, has been around for well over a year, and is now finally making its way through a, an updated version. And back on uh, the 7th of February, passed the Senate and has now made its way back to the House. Bishop, this is a, a bill that you've been keenly aware of and have um, more than once spoken out about this bill. For folks who are not aware of what it is we're discussing here, do you mind just giving your own understanding of what this bill is and what it's proposing? Sure. As I understand it, and it's gone through several uh, forms, um, we, as Catholics, we respond to Jesus's words, let the children come to me and do not hinder them. We know, sadly, in the church um, with the sexual abuse crisis, um, there was great harm done to, to children and even vulnerable adults. Because of that, the church has, um, after the Dallas Charter, continues to have programs of safety for children. Uh, who are under the um, auspices of, of the church, either, either in Catholic schools, religious education programs, volunteers, uh, athletic teams, youth groups, et cetera. Um, 
so the church, I think, has has really uh, shown um, its desire that children be protected. This bill is basically addressing the safety of children, but what is of concern is there is this provision that they want uh, the seal of confession to to be broken, that if the priest becomes aware of any child, uh, sexual abuse, even within the the um, the, the confession, that uh, it has to be revealed. And I know that it's gone through different, they've used the word holy or in part. The As I understand it, uh, even with the word in part, that um, to me is a violation of the seal. And um, the seal is so important. I, I think it was the late Cardinal George who called the conversation in the confessional um, between a priest and a penitent the most important conversation on the planet. And people need to be assured that the seal will not be broken. I understand there is grave concern about the safety of, of children, um, but the reality is priests are, as others, we're mandatory reporters when it's outside of confession. And um, it seems to me this may be well-intentioned, I'm not sure, but as, as I understand it, 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 we cannot in any way allow the seal to be violated. I think people have a trust and uh, that needs to be respected. And this is a longstanding tradition. Um, so that's, that's, you know, I'm not a legislator. I uh, trust that the, the um, individuals that are elected uh, will have the best interest of all people. Though it may be well-intentioned, I think the approach is, is not right. Well, and uh, Bishop Daly, thanks for that um, that wonderful summary. Uh, so, folks, when when you hear about this Senate Bill sixty two ninety eight, it's about making all clergy of any faith mandatory reporters, and they already are, as Bishop has identified here. And this focus is on I, the language they're now using. Bishop is penitential communication, and it it seems as if it's focused in on communication happening between a priest and a penitent in the confessional, and the. Uh, the thing, when I was watching the testimony of the Washington State uh, Catholic Conference and its executive director in front of the committee, the sponsor of the bill was talking about even if there's a reasonable uh, belief, a reasonable belief that is gained from penitential communication, that they are then asked to be this, uh, to exercise this mandatory reporting if if they can then correspond that to something happening outside. She was talking about trying to thread the needle. And mm -hmm. I'm not sure there is a threading of the needle uh, because there was a question that came up about, well, what happens now if the priest is asked to go testify at a trial uh, associated with this penitential communication? And the response of the, the legislator was, oh, no, no, this doesn't apply there. This would never apply there. And uh, uh, my thought was, can you get that in writing? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's very interesting, uh, the approach. I know there was concern that in other religious denominations, there's a loose understanding of information of what a, a penitent might be confessing. It might be someone drops by, you know, and sees a minister or uh, and they had some specific examples of certain uh, religions where it wasn't 
I mean, the seal of confession is well known in the Catholic faith and outside the Catholic Church. Um, but between other denominations, someone might come in and want to talk to the minister or the youth pastor or whatever it is and and tell him what he's he or she is doing. That's different. That's not under a seal. And I think there is this desire that somehow with a blanket um, le- uh, you know, proposal that a way to address what should never have been a case where something should have been reported because it wasn't in that penitential way because it wasn't a sacrament. It's a conversation between a member of a congregation and a, and a minister. Somehow equating that with that, that bond of which has been respected of a priest um, and, and a penitent. And I think that's where there is some confusion. Uh, that would be, I don't know, maybe this is somewhat of a limited example, but a medical doctor uh, is not someone, a, a conversation with a medical doctor about an ailment is not the same with stopping someone in a, a, a stocking shelves in a drugstore and asking a medical opinion about a product. Um, so I, I do think that there is, there needs to be clarity on this. And a lot, number of people just don't understand uh, the, the life of the church, sacramental theology. They think somehow we're protecting and um, that is not the case. You know, a priest can always withhold absolution um, if, if, the, if the individual has no desire for, for um, conversion or remorse. It's rare. But, um, you know, I do think there is a misunderstanding. And I'm really grateful for the, the Catholic elected officials who have, you know, tried to make this very clear uh, of, of the difference between the two. Uh, yeah, you know, Bishop Daly, I love what you're saying here because uh, when you talked about uh, like unfolding this Catholic understanding of what happens in the confessional, uh, what you know, you as someone who's hearing confessions, the way that the Washington State Catholic Conference put it in one of its uh, in in a recent statement was in the rare circumstance when a priest has suspicions that are not reported until the abuse is confessed during the sacrament or learns of it for the first time in confession, the priest has a duty to help penitent persons in their act of penance to seek atonement for past sins, to change their lives, and to avoid future sins. Normally, this would include removing themselves from any access to the child, seeking professional counseling, and self-reporting to authorities. The priest could also encourage the penitent to visit with him or another mandatory reporter outside of the confessional. And no priest has authority to violate canon law by breaking the seal of confession, even in part. So yeah. would you comment on that? Well, I, I again, as long as it's very, you know, a, it, it would probably, the issue is with confession as a bishop, when, if there's ever been a problem, confession is that one sacrament that, when someone could come in, for example, and tell me, I went to confession and I felt that the priest, you know, was too harsh with me. The priest didn't give me good advice. Well, I can't call that priest up and say, did you say something to so-and-so? That's not, that doesn't happen. And I think there is, a, it is a sacrament, thus it is a source of grace. And I think our Lord watches over the priest penitent in this matter. That's why it is taken. A priest who violates the seal incurs excommunication. Uh, we know that during war times, uh, you know, the Nazis wanting p- priests died over this. And, um, you know, when a priest, uh, you know, absolves um, someone he has, you know, been involved with or something, we know that also incurs a very serious penalty. 
So the church has this very, um, it, it, is, it is a very grace-filled, and it is done for mercy and forgiveness and the making of saints. It is not a way to protect criminals or people who are, um, um, you know, seeking to harm children. I think, you know, I'm always amazed that, you know, when, for example, laws look specifically focusing on the Catholic Church, and yet we have institutions that have contact with far more young people, for example, the public schools, where is the scrutiny in the public schools on the protection of children? You know, these some, some honest discussions have to be, uh, you know, we have to have these conversations because the goal is the protection of children. I think this is the wrong path to protect children. Um, so, I mean, again, that is, that is my kind of observation of it. Um, others may have other insights that I don't. So uh, Bishop Daly, so here you are, you're you're on this wonderful platform to be able to speak to Catholics across the state. Um, you are the, the chief shepherd here in the Diocese of Spokane. Uh, what would be your guidance to Catholics uh, in your own diocese regarding a way to get involved or to reach out to the members of the house in, in the districts that they're living regarding Senate Bill 6298 that's now made it back to the house? I would ask the faithful, because as, as I often say, the lay faithful have a great both um, responsibility, uh, obligation, and also um, the insight to live in the world and to bring Christ to the world. And when this bill was surfacing last year, the amount of calls that came, I'm told, primarily from the Catholic faithful of Eastern Washington, help bring light to this subject matter and its its seriousness. So I would ask the Catholic faithful here within the Diocese of Spokane to please contact your elected officials and tell them your feelings about this thing and, and tell them that the church protects children through its programs, but this is the wrong path and that the seal of confession is very important to the faithful. I, I think the, the Catholic faithful throughout this state, you know, no one provides more care for young people in, in education, in healthcare, social services, in the Catholic Church. And yet our voice, I think, at times is dismissed. So the, the faithful, I'm asking you to please be very clear, contact your legislators and your elected officials and say that this is not the path to follow. Uh, thank you, Bishop Daly. I really appreciate you saying that out loud. I mean, it's uh, it's so important for Catholics to hear from their shepherds about pastoral guidance in matters that impact the, the faithful. And uh, and again, on the basis of what you started with, which was the care of the church to protect the little ones that Jesus is calling, let them come to me. And just that, that whole attempt to be sure that safe environment policies make not only priests, but so many other church professionals and volunteers already mandatory reporters, yes. that there are those safety nets already in place. Yes. And I think that most people don't realize that, but you do if you are involved in the church. As my statement last year, when this first thing was coming before the legislature, that, that the church does, uh, it's an intensive program protection of children. And it should be something that is adopted in other areas, not just in the Catholic arena. 
Yeah. And it's very helpful. I, it's training I've gone through, I don't know how many times in the original training and then the updates that, that come in whether that, uh, whether I was, you know, giving a talk at a retreat or whether I was volunteering in a confirmation program or coaching a basketball team in all of those settings, there was the requirement that I had completed safe, safe environment training and that my training was up to date as well. Yeah. So yes. it's, a, it's an extensive program. Yeah. And we have to, I mean, I have to update my, um, you know, the training also. And when priests come from other areas, we do. I mean, um, it's, it's a step, a right step. And it's, I think it's thorough, but of course, always uh, more can be done and not just within the confines of, of the Catholic church, but within all um, arenas that, involved the the um, work with young people and vulnerable adults. Bishop Daly, last question. So yeah. one of the, the real gifts that uh, you bring to us in the Diocese of Spokane is your willingness to speak out with strength, conviction, and clarity on issues that are frankly quite divisive and oftentimes are attempts to undermine and overthrow the Catholic faith. And you've done that in gender ideology issues. You've done that in this issue a year ago, saying priests would my priest would rather go to prison than break the seal. And, and now here you are speaking again. Would you just share briefly the gift that you have seen Catholic radio, Sacred Heart Radio, in, in some ways is the biggest pulpit in the state of Washington to get the word out to faith-filled Catholics who are strong in faith and who are living their faith to take an action. Um, what would be your own sense of the value of uh, Sacred Heart Radio, just as a platform that I know you've used as well? with the bishops and the vicars. Sure. I think, you know, the value of cigarette radio is it is a way that people receive official communication of the church. It's not, you know, a, a blog site one way or the other. It's not someone on a rant in a rave. There's a balance there of proclaiming the truth. And many people talk about, I was, in, you know, I was in my car driving or I was working in my yard and I'm listening. And, you know, we can only do so much as, as priests, as bishops, preaching from the pulpit at mass, letters from the diocese. But the radio is someone, it's much like the value of also of a newspaper. You know, if you're only looking specifically for something online, you miss what else you stumble across. If you're not open to um, learning more, um, then you won't use the avenue of radio uh, or, or printed media, whatever it is. You'll, you'll be very specific. And I think the value of the radio is someone turns it on, they listen, then they come across something else. There's another show. There's another topic. There's another question that people phone in. And it is a great way for people to be informed about the issues of the day and how one lives our faith in this time, which I often speak of, you know, we live in a fractured world, a divided church and troubled America. And how do we know and learn about our faith and what the church teaches? So there's great value, cigarette radio and its ability to proclaim, in a sense, from the mountaintop, the light of Christ. And so I'm very grateful for that. And I encourage our, our lay faithful to listen and to learn, because an informed Catholic is able to navigate as best as possible, with God's grace and humility, the complexity of living our faith today in an increasingly secular age. Amen. That's beautifully said. But Your Excellency, thank you so much for taking time with me today and for helping to encourage and uh, motivate uh, Catholics, this uh, this uh, and this important issue, uh, Bishop. Would you mind ending with a blessing, especially sure. as we're in this Lenten season? Sure. The Lord be with you, with your spirit. with your spirit.
Father, we ask for your blessings upon the work of Catholic Radio, Sacred Heart Radio, and those who listen, those who help bring the good news of Jesus Christ to the faithful, the listeners of Eastern Washington and Northern Idaho. Keep us all on the path to holiness in this Lenten season. May we embrace the path of the cross through charity and prayer and penance. And may we on Easter Sunday celebrate the gift of the resurrection, the gift of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who is with us into the end of the age. And we make this prayer, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bishop Daly. You're welcome. All right. God bless. See you.